Hey, what's up, Blazer fans? Welcome to We Have a Take the What podcast. I am Tara Bowen Biggs, and I am joined by my co-host, Rose Harding. Hey, Rose. Hi, Tara. How are you? Good. It's been too, so long. I feel like I can barely remember how to talk about the Blazers anymore. I um, feel the same way, but I'm also feeling a little relieved that I don't have to talk about the Blazers in some ways right now, because, uh, you know... But the end of the season, I feel like is always the worst part of the chatter at the end of a disappointing season anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. I've also watched 10 seasons of Vanderpump Rules since the last time we talked. Oh, no. <laughs> so my brain is a little full of the scandal right now. So I'm going to try super hard to bring it back to basketball. I don't know what that word means, but I'm here for it. <laughs> it's a long story you listen to uh the uh, episode that i did with brooke and uh you'll get the whole the whole lowdown i started it and i was like i don't understand this i need i need to this is a morning podcast my brain needs to be fresh <laughs> i totally understand it wasn't for everybody it was for whoever needed it <laughs> um so end of the season we're gonna talk about awards today but I need to do the icebreaker because, quite frankly, per like the podcast rules, if you've been listening to the podcasts out there, every single one is talking about how to build around Dame. And so I think that because we're sort of obligated as podcasters to talk about how we build around Dame, uh, we'll just get it out of the way early in the icebreaker and then like never have to think about it again. Okay. Does that, that sound is good? A- good idea let's just do it let's rip the band-aid off get it over with okay tara tell me what would you build around dame okay um so i think i thought a lot about like what dame needs what he needs to stay happy um and you know be satisfied in the remaining time that he is in portland so if i was going to build around dame or if i was going to suggest what the blazers should build around dame my original thought was a treehouse because I thought, you know, mm. he loves hanging out with his kids. It would be like a great, like cozy little like retreat where they could all go hang out together. But then I just watched this like 45 minute Instagram live video that he did just yesterday, you know, a beautiful day in the Pacific Northwest kids playing outside. They have like a great yard. They have like a sport court. They have like a swing set. They got lots of room for the kids to run around. So I was like, okay, maybe he doesn't need a treehouse. If I was the Blazers and I was going to build around Dame, I would build Dame a new arena. I actually think it is time. It is time and it's going to take a while. I'm sure the Blazers are talking about this. They know that the arena is like 20 years old and needs a lot of work. And with the team up for sale, there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of things going on right now, but I really think I want Dame when he when he's still playing in Portland to play in a new building, a new state of the art building that was built like for him, you know, to be the star. So I think the Blazers should build a new arena around Dame. What do you think? I love that. Also, then like maybe like it will satisfy the grumps who are out here like, is it the Rose Garden? Is it the Moda Center? I don't know. <laughs> you know, anyway, um, I like that. So I thought very similarly, I was like, what would make Dame happy? And mine is not basketball related, but mine is like whole, whole, whole person related. And I would build a recording booth around Dame so that he can record music and rap all summer. And the great part about building a recording booth is those things are soundproof. So you do not have to hear any of that bull about you about what people would put around you what people wouldn't and why are you here and that and like when fanficking your life like no none of that in that recording booth it's just you and a microphone and no sounds from the outside that's what i would build around dame i love that a soundproof booth is perfect love it i think we've really solved like the whole question of what the blazers should build around dame i think everybody should listen to our podcast yeah i don't know why everybody else is making it so hard yeah it's so hard obvious yeah, five minutes, in and out, boom, move it on. I really want to know what our listeners think. we got to put this in the question and just say, what? how would you build or, or what would you build around Dame and see what kind of answers we get? Yes, please, listeners, tell us, what would you build around Dame? It can be anything, anything. I love it. Okay, so thank you for that icebreaker. That was really fun. Before we get to the awards, couple pieces of news for us to talk about off-season, slow time, yada, yada, yada. Um, however. 
Big news for us and our interests. Uh, this was brought to our attention by our alert listener, Rachel, in our Discord channel. By the way, y'all should join our Discord channel if you want fun, not heavy conversations over the summer about the Blazers. Anyway, and other Rachel, stuff. what? And other stuff. And other stuff. Yeah. So Rachel brought it to our attention that the little family has a new puppy. <laughs> so excited about this. So it's it so I believe it was Nasir's dad posted it. Correct. And he hashtagged it grand pup. Yep. Yep. So it's like 50-50 because Nas has a sister. Right. And then there's and then of course he has Nas. So, so he has two kids. So it's 50-50. It could be either Nas's dog or it could be Nas's niece sister. or nephew. Right. Dog. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I I think that um yeah, so you're right. His his uh dad, Harold Little, posted it on I can't remember if it was Twitter or Instagram, like you said, hashtag grand pump or grand pump i've watched too much vanderpump rules and there's Hashtag actually a lot of dogs vanderpump <laughs> i love it there's a lot of dogs in vanderpump so to my defense there's a lot of dogs in vanderpump anyway um yes Nas could be either a the new owner of a dog or a dog uncle like you said so either way i'm very excited about it and um we will wait to find out more and also i'll say it looks like a um like a little it's like it's like a like one of those long hair dogs it's like maybe like a i don't know is it like a brussels graffant no it might be bigger than that i'm not sure what it is but it's got kind of a smushed face uh -huh. and it's dark it's like chocolate brown and it's got like the long hair for people who want to go check out harold little on it looks like it's on his twitter okay yeah, we are very excited to learn more about the puppy. And did it have a hashtag what the puppy's name was or possibly? Shiloh. Hashtag Shiloh. Shiloh. So probably a girl, right? I don't know. Either That's way, very I, excited. I love that it's in like an actual like crib. They're like, it, it looks like it's in like a crib. Like, a, I guess it's a dog bed, but it looks kind of like a crib. <laughs> like with the bumpers on the side. Yeah. So that was one piece of news. And I think one of the reasons that we've been exci really excited about it in Discord is because we had a, we've had a little conversation before about an interview that Nas did where he talked about he was somebody asked him if he had I can't remember. Did somebody ask him directly? Um, anyway, in the in the course of an interview, he brought up the fact that he didn't have a girlfriend or a dog because he didn't have time. And we were all like, oh, my gosh, that is so sad. I mean, you know, he's doing what he's doing. He's making his own choices. But we were like, oh, man, it sure would be nice if Nasir could find the time to have someone special in his life, whether or not it's a partner, a human or a uh, an animal companion. So yeah. we were very excited that maybe, you know, as a dog uncle, he can at least have a little bit of interaction. Yeah, he it, the way he said it, I think, was like he wished he could have those things, but he doesn't have space for them right now because he's too focused on basketball. Um, so hopefully, hopefully he gets a little bit of dog time, even if it's not his dog. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We're pro dog time for the mm -hmm. athletes. And maybe if these guys can get their act together and get some more pets in here, we could bring back most valuable pet. Th that would be, that's the dream. That's the dream. Yeah, for sure. Oh, the other news we need to talk about, Tara, is... They announced that Blazers are getting a G League team and they're going to be playing at University of Portland. I don't know about you, but I'm like super excited about this news. I am too. Love watching the young guys play. Really want to watch the young guys play, not in a tanking situation. Yes. <laughs> I've had enough of that. And that normally what we have to do is we have to like send them away to boarding school to like a different G League team where we can't like see them play. But like here, it's just going to be like in Northeast. Mm -hmm. And they're gonna get. And I saw that they're gonna get to practice at the Blazers facility. Oh, so they they're are. gonna have. Yeah, so they're gonna. That's what it said. And I forget whose announcement, but um, maybe Sean said it. I don't remember. But like basically, then they get like more exposure to the act to like the the team. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe look at scrimmage with the team a little bit too. Yeah, so they're gonna be at University of Portland in North Portland, and I also love the fact that it is in the urban setting of Portland that we're not going farther out not that there's like 
anything, you know, wrong with, you know, being in one of the suburbs or anything, mm-hmm. but I, I really like it when they, you know, bring the activities to the urban core. And um, so even though, you know, North Portland, for people who are not familiar with how Portland is, North Portland is obviously north <laughs> of downtown it's a little bit of a trek to get to you know compared to like downtown where the um the arena is but it's in like old classic you know portland that wasn't you know fields 30 years ago it's been in a part of town that's been around for a really long time in a university that's been around for a super long time and i'm i'm i think that's really cool yeah that's true it it's um it is nice also like i think that like isn't North Portland like the historically black, one of the historically black neighborhoods? That part of North Portland isn't as much as the Albina area was. Okay. Um, it's This is a little bit even farther north than that. It's a really beautiful area located along the bluff above the shipyards. Um, mm. It's it's a, it's a cool area. Um, but one of the things I was going to say, did you, I, I listened to Mike Richmond on the Lockdown podcast talk about this um, decision by the Blazers to finally have a G League team. And he made a super interesting point that, um, of course, it's good for the players because they don't have to travel somewhere else. Um, but it's really good for in a number of ways for the coaching staff. And my ears were like, Zwink, let me hear about more about this. He talked about how the people usually use the G League to like practice um plays make up plays see how they work see what their style is going to be what kind of basketball are we going to play like if you look at the old houston g-league team before houston was only shooting threes and dunks their g-league team was doing that testing that out as a hypothesis so a g-league gives you a little bit more control over testing out some of the playing style and the specific plays it also gives coaches more experience of like leading and running a team a few mm. of the coaches on Chauncey's staff, you know, came from the G League. So they've had a little bit of this. But this week, they'll have their own under which that, you know, they have control. Yeah, that's interesting. It's like it's like uh, it's like the test kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, to have guys who need practice like coaching in game, you know, give them in game reps um, you know, send them over to the G League to to do that too. So not only good for the players, but also good for coaching. And I thought that was really interesting since I feel like we're still in a place where I feel like we still need to improve the coaching. <laughs> yeah, it's still a quite a green group, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, you know, the besides Chauncey now, like Scott Foster, not Scott Scotty Brooks. Foster, Scotty Brooks. That's what I'm thinking of. Scotty Brooks, like Scott Brooks is like he's like he's had head coaching experience and everybody else has kind of come up like, like through assistant roles. Um, and like some of them from like video coordinators and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. like the, like the long, hard route, um, to coaching. It's not like any of them are, um, I mean, they're all kind of young, I guess, except for, I guess, some, I guess that's not totally true, but there's a lot of young guys on this team. Yeah. There's a lot of young guys who are, um, uh, in the earlier part of their career, for sure. So I think a G League team will be really good because they can, you know, nail down some of their plays. The players can learn the vernacular that the team uses. And so, like, they don't – the example that Mike Richmond gave on Lockdown Blazers is that they don't go down and play with the Stockton Kings and learn what the Stockton, you know, Kings are doing, you know, getting ready for the Sacramento Kings, although – nothing wrong with that um but then they would actually have their own system and they wouldn't have to be to go uh back and forth and they have people who are specifically interested in their development and after having learned about Ibubaji, i cannot wait to i really really hope that we get to go watch him play in the g league i am going to be there for sure i with interest deep interest in watching Ibubaji play i'm excited that'll be fun also maybe we can catch um the Mexico City team. Yes, with our scow. <laughs> yeah. Scow of ECA will still be there. I would love to see him. <laughs> I have a I have a question for you. Do they they have a do they have a name yet? Not that I know of. As far as I know, they okay. haven't announced a name. Do you have any ideas for a name? No. Gosh, what do you I don't know. know. When they released the press release, the only like visuals that accompanied it was the St. John's Bridge. 
and um so like the saint john's blazers could be kind of cool i thought Mm. but i don't know i don't know if they'll like want to like a lot of the team names like riff on the Mm -hmm. they like riff on the the main team's name and some of them have like full on other identities, but I think it's some of it like sometimes I think that that depends on whether the team was once operated independently or not and absorbed by a team. Yeah, because some of those like G- some of those G League teams back when it was the D League were just like unaffiliated, right? Mm-hmm. That's how yeah. they had, like the main Red Claws and whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you could riff on the Trail Blazers, the Trail Cats. <laughs> And you we don't get, to, and it can't be like a different team. name of a city because they're still in Portland. You know, it can't be like right the Beaverton Blazers or something. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, that doesn't that that wouldn't make sense. Maybe Blaze can have his own team. Maybe that's why they brought in Doug Fur as a new Trailblazer mascot because they're going to make him the Portland Trail Cats. Oh my god, University you, of Portland. Do you think they wouldn't demote? Like- they wouldn't demote Blaze like that though. No, I was going to say, do you think that maybe they're going to be like the big foot, big feet, big something? The Yetis? The only problem is it's really hard to find one that's easy to say. Yeti? <laughs> Yeti that's not too bad. Sasquatch is very hard to say. Bigfoot. Yeah. The Bigfoots, big feet. Then you're like in this whole like, what's the, what's the actual word? Yeah. It'll be interesting that's... to find out. I'm anxious to find out who they're going to be. Yeah. Listeners, if you have an idea of what you think that that team is going to be named or should be named, let us know. And I will definitely be there, especially if Ibu Baji stays playing for the Blazers. All right. Should we turn to the big uh, topic, which is our what award nominations? Now, we've been thinking about these and there's a couple that need a little bit of discussion. But for the most part, we'll just kind of list who we're nominating with a little bit of uh, background. Why? And I'm going to try super hard even though some of them I have strong feelings about, I'm going to try super hard not to like lean too hard. I'm hoping that nobody will, will know who my favorite is. Um, they're going to know. They listen, if they listen to us, they're going to know. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but first time listeners, hopefully you won't be able to tell what my, <laughs> uh, which way we're leaning. And then we can, we can talk about it like after the awards are announced. But what we'll do is we'll do the awards and then we'll do like we did last year and have Twitter polls where people can vote. And then we will um, award based on actual votes. So get the word out, vote. um, And yeah, we'll do that in a couple of weeks. We will reveal who the winners are. But for for now, the nominations for the 2023 What Awards. First category up, Best Friendship. Uh, let's see. I'll, so best I'll start friendship. Best, best friendship. Friends- yes. We were going to do best friends ship, but <laughs> yeah, then right. every time I did it on the Google doc, it gave me this angry red line. And I'm like, if I'm going to like say, put this in my dictionary, then I'm going to probably trying to be writing something real and then it'll change it to friendship and then it'll be a mess. It can just be best friendship and that's fine because they mean the same thing. Yeah. We don't have to be weird about everything. <laughs> just some things yeah <laughs> okay so uh number one nominee for best friendship is uh also this also was a suggestion by listener jason Nas and ant so nasir little and anthony simons um for their every game that they're both playing in arms around each other during the national anthem yes um the second one is jeremy grant in Ibu Baji. And I don't know. I think you chose this one or you, you nominated this one, but I did see that they switched jerseys at the end of the season. They like did a Jersey swap. I saw that in Bruce, in Bruce's photos. Um, and it was really sweet. Do you want to talk about this at all? Well, there's also a couple pictures of him, uh, of uh, Jeremy on Ibu Baji's back. Like doing, oh, yeah, giving, yeah, yeah. Him, giving him piggyback rides. There just seems to be something there between the two of them. And I think that's cool. You know, especially since Ibu is very, very far away from home. Um, mm-hmm. I always think it's great when somebody who's, you know, from far away, like clearly vibes with somebody so that they can have like a little bit of a nearby family. Yeah. Agreed. Do you want to do the next one too? Yeah. I, we started out wrong. Cause I, I was going to talk I about jumped this in one. There. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, the next one is Trendon and everybody. And here's why I said Trendon and everybody is that Trendon 
is like he's he I feel like he's like the welcome wagon every time I see a photo of people having fun Trendon is there Trendon is there to on, on social media like hyping up his team talking about his friends he's the man I've never seen a man more, more joyful than when he's lobbing Shaden like he's just out here like like the like the welcome wagon mm-hmm. every photo I see where people are enjoying themselves Trendon is there like being buddies and I love it so much so Trendon and everybody. Sounds good. Trendon and everybody. Yeah. The last nominee for Best Friendship is Nurk and Dame Jr. This is a friendship that has continued for years. And um, it's great to see it. I actually I have to tell I, So behind the scenes, when you suggested this, I was like, I really, at the beginning of the year, like, throughout a lot of the year i have not seen as much nurk and dame jr content as we've seen in the past and i was actually like a little bit worried about that and i actually saw more dame and dame jr content um like he he damien took dame jr to the all-star game Mm -hmm. he um dame jr was there when he scored his buck or his free throw his his 71 (laughs) no um his when he broke the record Oh, yeah, yeah, he was. That's right. And remember, Dane was just like, he was just like kind of all out of sorts because they were like losing the game. And it has been a, you know, a rough couple of games. And uh, but then Damien Jr. came down and like handed him a little dinosaur. And he, Dame kind of like perked up a little bit and seemed like he got more in the moment and enjoying the moment a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you corrected me by reminding me, no, at the beginning of the season, we've seen some examples of Nurk and Dame Jr. still hanging out together. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. And like Dame Dame used to post some like pre-game content where like, you know, like Dame Dame Jr. will get to be on the court during like shoot around, like before the game starts. And like he interacts with Nurk in this very in this very familiar, loving way where like you you know, like kids just can't lie about who yeah. they like, you know? And so he just goes running up to Nurk and Nurk spins him around and throws him around and it's very sweet. And like, you know, like even if you don't see every interaction, you can tell by the way kids interact with adults how like friendly and loving that relationship is. Also, I used to have this theory that Nurk played best when Dame Jr. was in the house. Yeah, we need to we need to delve into that stat because I think um I think you could be on for something. Cause again, Nurk always seems to rise to the occasion when he's got a reason to. Mm-hmm. And um he's really good at those external motivations. And so having Dame Jr. in is a good external motivations. Okay, so uh, in summary, best friendship. Uh, nominees are Nasir Little and Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant and Ibubaji, Trendon and everybody, and then Nurk and Dame Jr. Best friendship. Okay. The next award is Best Accessorizer, which was our kind of take this year on um, most improved fits from last year. Um, but we didn't want to do a comparison award, so we went with Best Accessorizer. Um, because we also kind of wanted to like not necessarily make it so that obviously Jeremy Grant ran away with it because if it was just best fashion like obviously Jeremy Grant is like the biggest fashionista on this team so best accessorizer uh do you want to start sure um this is another one that was suggested by listener Jason and he suggested Yusuf Nurkic for his Bosnian pride his consistent Bosnian pride I think you identified there's at least three Bosnian-themed necklaces that Nurk usually wears. Yeah, so he has one of his grandmother, a custom chain with his grandmother's face on it. He has one that's like like a like a bejeweled, um, like it's like the shape it's like the shape of the country of Bosnia, and then he also has one that's a like a bejeweled fleur de lis, which is a symbol that represents the Bosnian people. So he has a lot of like national pride going on, and also grandma pride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great suggestion. Um, two, we have Jabari Walker, and I wanted to nominate Jabari because one, he really rocked that frozen backpack this year. He like rocked it in a way that like Shaden did not feature that backpack. His backpack, like Jabari, one time I remember he had a whole outfit that was just like color. It was, like the colors were chosen to go with the backpack. He like brought the whole outfit to the backpack instead of, you know, bringing the backpack to whatever outfit he was rocking. And also I kind of realized later when I was looking back at him, he wore a lot of hats this year. 
And I was like, well, that's like very bold to wear a lot of hats. And I wouldn't say that I necessarily love all of them, but like he's got a lot of hair and he wore a lot of hats. And I also think about how he like, you know, made a lot of fashion choices on a rookie salary, mm -hmm. which is harder to do than like a guy like Jeremy Grant. He's making millions and millions of a year versus, you know, a, a like a year one rookie salary. Mm -hmm. So like good for Jabari. Yeah, I think that's an an awesome suggestion. Yeah, he rocked that backpack. And you're right. He coordinated with it. And Shaden kind of like, he he kind of dropped that. He just like stopped using it. <laughs> he just straight up was like, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know why you're making me use this. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, Jabari, wore, he wore it all the way up to the end. I felt like the rookies in general were fashion-wise, like on a higher level than I've seen in a, in a while. Yeah. I thought they really, they really brought it. I think pretty much everybody on the team tried pretty hard this year, at least gave it some effort this year. Yeah. John Butler he wore a lot of the same sweats, but he's also really tall and skinny and probably extra hard to <laughs> try to find. But even the, the sweatsuits were nicer this year than they were mm -hmm. last year. They mm -hmm. weren't like very generic. They weren't as generic as they were, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. So after uh, Yusuf and Jabari, we have Jeremy Grant pretty obvious i mean you're right we didn't want him to just run away with it but he also like in the accessory department is just exceptional yeah exceptional for i mean his bags alone great bags oh bags my god full of dunks yes questionable shoes sometimes yes definitely cutting edge yes but also like mm, toe shoes <laughs> as in shoes with toes <laughs> yeah with the big toe cut out from the rest of the toes i i have to say i did really appreciate that he wore he like rocked a lot of accessories that other guys didn't even like bring out like he had like head scarves mm -hmm. you know he'd have like um like different kinds of jewelry that like other guys would not be rocking like he'd wear like chains with rings with like pinky rings and like midi rings and pearls. like pearls and just like yeah he he really like dug deep and like he that crazy hat that he wore with the holes in it that made him look like a chimney sweep you mean his uh uh his stovetop yes or stovepipe hat i thought he looked yeah that was amazing that he could wear a top hat and like but it had holes in it i didn't even notice there were holes in it yes it oh was like God. but they were intentional yeah no i i totally believe that he would not wear just wear a top hat he'd wear a top hat with holes in it but like who can rock a top hat and look that amazing in a top hat. Well, Jeremy Grant can. Yeah. So for for that reason, he is our third nominee for best accessorizer. Okay. And let's see. Our last. No, we have. Oh, okay. We have two more. But here's the thing is we need to talk about these because I don't think we can have both of them. And we can talk about these and we need to decide which one we're going to put on here. Because they kind of serve the same function. Drew Eubanks. For his coffee cup, because he like that. Like, if there's really was the most talked about accessory of the season, it's probably Drew's coffee cup, even though it was just a generic Starbucks coffee cup. But like it was man, every single. The time. man carried it every single game, and I'm dying to know what was in there. I've like there was times where I would like zoom in to see if I could see like his coffee order on the side. No, I never saw it. I don't know what's in there. So Drew Eubanks in his coffee cup, and Matisse in his books. And I know that you feel one way over the other, and I need you to tell me about that. Okay, so I go with Drew because those coffee cups were in his walk-up. And if, if you're going to be recognized for an accessory, in my mind, it's part of your fashion. And the part where you make your fashion statement is during the walk-up. And I do not remember. I didn't even notice the Matisse book ones. Um, while I appreciate, I definitely appreciate them. Um, it wasn't like he brought in a book every single time as part of the walk-up. And if he had brought in a, a, a book as part of the walk-up, I would have been like, maybe you have, you're carrying enough things. You should get a backpack. Like, <laughs> no, he, so he did bring them sometimes at the walk-up, uh -huh. but he literally would be like carrying a book and nothing like yeah. no bag, no nothing. He doesn't need a, he didn't need a bag because he like he didn't even carry like a he would carry like a phone and a book and like not even like a like a he shaving kit just left his shoes there or something yeah. yeah and he would walk in in like completely like unremarkable clothing sometimes and mm -hmm. a book 
Mm-hmm. And the thing that I like about that is that his fashion is about who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. So like, you think the book is actually like a choice as a part of who he is and as an accessory. Yeah. Like showing, show, I think he's showing off his personality mm-hmm. a little bit. Also, I think it's just functional because the dude reads a lot. Mm-hmm. He's still, mm-hmm. like, I know, I know because I did the Matisse episode mm-hmm. um, that he's in a book club with his sister and some friends from back home. And so they, they read, they're readers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I have a hard time saying that Jews coffee cup is also an actual accessory because like it's not something that you wear. So neither of these things are actually accessories. That's right. And so I don't know. Maybe we should should we just like give them both honorable mention and just stick with Nurk and Jabari and Jeremy? That's or probably we... the right that's probably the right move. But I think that if people want to voice their support for those guys, then they should feel free to do so in the comments. Okay. I think I think that's I think that's fair. I think because the first three are like definitely like fashion accessories and the way they accessorize, these other ones are more like for honorable mention. Um yes. so okay, so that me- that leaves Nurk, uh Jabari Walker and Jeremy as the three nominees for best accessorizers, but honorable mention to Drew and Matisse. Yes. All right, moving along. Assistant coach of the year. Again, this one's tough. <laughs> we don't yeah. we I think more so in the past, we're starting to learn a little bit more about the assistant coaches of the year. We get the in-game interviews with them. Um, you know, we're slowly learning a little bit more about them, but there were three that stood out for three different reasons. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Uh I'll go first. So the first one is nominated by Jason, which I think is a is a is a so- solid nomination that we were all had on our mind. Roy Rogers for the reindeer post during the during the holidays, where he was trying to get all the guys to play like or to say reindeer, and he walked around playing dumb that he didn't know what they were called, and he got Dame so hot and bothered that Dame was like calling out other guys and being like. He's like, Roy doesn't know what they're called, what these are called. Rudolph the Red Nose, what? <laughs> that was just so funny. And I just love somebody who's just game to do that. And like that, I just, I love that. And um, also when I met him at the Fan Fest or at the, at the season ticket holder event, he just gushed about being a, an assistant coach. So Reindeer Post, Roy Rogers. The next nominee for assistant coach of the year is Scotty Brooks. The only person with meaningful head coaching experience on the team. So I got to yeah. think that he was pretty valuable. I also, I, I, I added this little detail too, because I think this is an important one because of his experience. You have the option of firing your head coach mid season. Like some teams are like, if, like if we didn't have him on, on our coaching staff, I don't know who would be the interim if you wanted to fire your head coach midseason. And mm-hmm. obviously we didn't do that. And I know that like that's not going to really happen. But like having that person on your staff offers you flexibility. It's like a it's like a it's like a fire extinguisher. Yeah. And that's just valuable. Yeah, it is valuable to to know there is somebody there, like if necessary, you know, or if, you know, um, Chauncey had like gotten ill for an extended period of time that there was somebody with in-game head coaching experience who could have taken over. Yeah. Agree. All right. Okay. The third one, the third guy, the third nominee is Steve Hetzel. We both have good reasons for why we like this guy. I'll tell you mine. And then you tell me yours. Steve Hetzel. uh, Well, this is more like a like a I don't know exactly why I why the, like the 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 positive attributes, but I know like kind of the negative aspect of this. He took leave from the team in late November due to like a personal a personal issue, and when he left the team, that's when everything fell apart. Mm, I never even made that association. Yes. So when Steve Hetzel took his personal leave in like late November, he he was gone from like late November to like late December. And that was when the wheels fell off this team. Like mm-hmm. when all that confidence went away, when like we started losing a lot of close games, like, and I saw so him like, I don't know exactly what he did, but I know when he wasn't there with the team that they really suffered without him. Mm-hmm. Good point. 
my reason for nominating Steve Hetzel is because he was the uh, championship summer league team coach. So not to like about that. And also from watching the Sacramento Kings, they won their second summer league championship, had a year where they were still figuring things out. And then after that, they've come out and just set everything on fire. So if you look at that timeline, I think it's, I think it's, you know, the Blazers are going to have a much better year next year because after their second league, second summer league championship, they had a year that wasn't so great got everything together and that's going to be next year and everything's going to be great but is i believe steve hetzel, is steve hetzel from the kings an assistant from the kings he may have been it's him or it's jonah a couple of those guys at One, least had yeah hetzel might be from the hornets or the magic actually i'm not sure anyway i know we have one guy who's from the kings mm-hmm. at least one. i think yeah so anyway just a thought so that so summarize, summarizing assistant coach of the year, we've got Roy Rogers, Scotty Brooks, and Steve Hetzel are our three nominees. This is a big. This is the next award is kind of a big award. Mm-hmm. Social media player of the year, which we have been sort of building toward with social media player of the week all season. Do you mm-hmm. want to start us off with our first nominee? Yes. Um, this also, this is one that we've talked about. He's won a lot of social media player of the year. Did we keep track of exactly who won how many? No, but, (laughs) um, someone who got nominated frequently and was also suggested by friend Jason, Damian Lillard. Is there nothing this man can't do? Just elite, elite on social media, whether or not it's calling out trolls, whether or not it's supporting the high school students in the area, whether or not it's, you know, interacting with his, um, his teammates or other players in the NBA, Damian Lillard brings it every time. Yep. There's, there's a no holes in his game, I will say. Okay. So the next one I think is controversial because I, I posed this question and we probably need to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Can we nominate Josh Hart for two thirds of a season. What do you think? I think yes. And here's the thing. Josh Hart was a loyal blazer last year and all the season, even up until after he left the team. And he still posts about us sometimes. So I think that Josh, Josh Hart gets to be an elite company as one of the few blazers that we just hold dear uh like in perpetuity <laughs> yeah josh hart in my mind is a trailblazer for life he's an honorary trailblazer for life for what he you know for, for partly for his time that he spent here but a big reason for the way that he went to bat for the team after he left here so i don't think next year i would be nominating him for the trailblazers what award but i think for this year absolutely we, we should uh be able to include him Awesome. Josh, Josh Hart, trailblazer for life. You've heard it here first, guys. Josh Hart is so good on social media that in, in the Trailcaster Discord, we have a whole channel called Josh Hart Says, which is for it started off just things that Josh Hart posted, but just became anytime anybody in the NBA posts something interesting, it's like honorarily named the Josh Hart, Josh Hart Says, because <laughs> Josh Hart is just that good at social media. He is, and I feel like it's really it's it's like a it's like a pretty good authentic representation of him too. It's not like he's like, I don't know, he's not like he's not like necessarily putting out like well produced videos that are like took months to plan. He's just like out there saying stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's him out there saying stuff. <laughs> yeah, being relatable. <laughs> yes, exactly. And he and his wife did have a good uh, social media reveal of the fact that they were pregnant with twins. Yes, that's true. Okay, number three. So I nominated Jeremy Grant here and Jeremy Grant was not necessarily the most ubiquitous poster throughout the season. But one of the things that I really liked when I went back and I looked at all the guys social presence over the last year is that Jeremy's really captures his personality. Well, he shows a lot of like what he cares about his like if you if you went to his social like Instagram um, feed, you could get a really good feel about who he is and not just as a player. There's like a lot of stuff about his fashion. There's a lot of stuff about art. There's stuff about anime. There's stuff about his philanthropy. Like he really packs it all in there. And so even though he doesn't post constantly, I think that it's like out of all of the players that I've seen, 
um, him and Dame have social media presences that capture their their like whole their whole person, um, like aspect of who they are. Yeah, no, I'm super glad that you brought him up because he was not somebody who I really even thought about in my first pass about this. But you're absolutely right. Um, he doesn't come up with zingers, but what he does is just like you said, really, really represent himself well, like who he is as a person. So Jeremy is. In my book, definitely worthy nomination. Oh god, the next one. Okay, yeah, this is a tough one. <laughs> we need to talk Do about. Do you it. want to talk about this? Okay, yeah, I feel like we need to talk about it. Justice Winslow and his whiteboards. We started off very excited about these. As time went on, we got more and more uncomfortable with the fact that. He doesn't actually attribute them. We're not quite sure where they come from. Does it come from his mind? Does it come from like daily inspirational readings? Where do these come from? They're not sourced. No. They all feel familiar, but you can't Google the quote and find it. Mm -hmm. And some of them I'm, I am certain because I know the source just because of randomness that he's just taking other people's quotes and putting them in his own words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trying to either trying to remember them and write them down or just be like, I could tweak this one just a little bit by this. All I have to say is my dude, do you know what plagiarism is? (laughs) (laughs) Or just be clear about it. Like, yes, because it was inspired by whoever inspired it or whatever or just do a direct quote that's fine he doesn't even put them in quotation marks though. no no he's really good about he's he always remembers the date and as somebody who always forgets to date stuff i like appreciate that aspect of it and after so to remind everybody he actually paused the whiteboards for a while and so yes. like he did it like during the pandemic which i think is cool like the reason he started is because he thought oh people could use like a little bit of inspiration so i'm gonna start doing this and like that's really nice and cool then he stopped and we were like oh okay and then he started up again and it was just kind of a little bit like maybe sort of the magic of the original run didn't carry over <laughs> to the to the second run so um okay i, I lied they are in quotes which makes oh, it oh, worse. Oh, that's right. Which makes it worse because it doesn't say who said it. It's just so, a quotation mark. Also, can I read you this one? Okay. This one is from 420, which is hilarious okay. that it's from 420. You are not limited to this body, mind, or reality. You are a limitless ocean of consciousness imbued with infinite potential. You are existence itself. Thank you, Justice. And all I can say is justice on 420. You need to drop the strain when you share that one. <laughs> and I don't even smoke, but I know that people want to know whatever generated that quote. Whatever inspired that. Yeah. I just, I felt like we needed to talk about him. And Rachel on our Discord also brought that up too. Um, so I thought we needed to talk about it, but I, I don't necessarily think he makes it. For me, he doesn't make it as a nominee. No, because it feels, no, we can't nominate him. Also, that's like literally like, that's like almost his entire social presence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, his son has a great social presence, but like his social presence is these whiteboards. Yeah. And that's kind of it. Yeah. And maybe compared to Nico's presence, it's kind of like whoever's working with Nico maybe could maybe give him a little advice. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. We did have one more uh, to recommend for social media player of the year. And that is Trendon Watford. He came on pretty strong in the late season. I was especially excited this week about some of the stuff that he posted. And so did our listener, Eric Peterson shared a, a couple things with us. It's like, Hey, check this out. It was his uh, niece's birthday. And he had some cute posts about her. He's always posting about his brother. He's so supportive. This is again, why he's like best friendship. You know, he's always celebrating like people from LSU or people that he went to school with. He's like always the first one to congratulate people. Trendon uses his presence to like uplift others, I think. And um, I think that's cool. So um, I Trendon is my fourth um, is our is our fourth nominee. You're cool with that. Are you cool with that? Of course. Yes. I totally agree with everything you said. Also, I love like he was just like a downright joy to watch 
for um the women's final four because mm-hmm. LSU, you know, because of because of LSU. Um, and he was like rocking his LSU stuff like at like walk up and stuff when the women were playing for the fight in the final four. And I thought that was great. Yes. Trendon. Okay. So, so who's that leave us with? So social media player of the year. Our nominees are Damian Lillard, Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant, and Trendon Watford. God, those are four great choices. I know. Right? Those are four really great, really great choices. I love it. Guys really upped their social game this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we also know honorable mention Keon Johnson has been working on um, like creating like video content. I think I found the person that he's collaborating with on all his video stuff. Um, so I'm definitely want to keep an eye on him for next year and see if maybe new guys um, adopt, get, get more into TikTok next season. Yeah. If we had, if we had a most improved social media player of the year, it might be Keon because mm-hmm. he went from like nothing to mm-hmm. doing like pretty great stuff. Also. Oh my God. Side note. I love that it's fishing season again. I love how much Keon loves fishing and <laughs> like he has a, he has a sponsorship with, I can't remember the name of it, but like a fishing company that makes like fishing gear. And he just had a post recently where he was like, was showing off the fish that he caught. And I just, I love how much Keon loves fishing. So I love, I live for that content. That's so good. Okay. The next award is best mentor. No, most val- no, it's supposed to be most valuable mentor. Oh, okay. I, I typed that in our document. I will fix that right now. You yeah. start talking about it and I will fix it. Okay. Most valuable mentor. And I will start us off. Uh, Jason, listener Jason, um, has nominated Jeremy Grant. And when I, you know, it's funny. I didn't think about Jeremy Grant at first, but when I saw Jason's nomina- nomination and I thought about it more, I'm like, he is kind of in the mix. And I do think that he kind of, that he likes being a vet. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, people were wondering, like, what would, like, attract him to stay here? And he talked about it being, like, a family environment. Um, But, like, which it's not something that I necessarily would have thought that, like, that would, like, make Jeremy Grant super happy. But I think that what he's talking about there is he's talking about the connectedness mm-hmm. um, of, like, the players and the community and the team. And so, I, you know, I, I, when I go back and I look at old pictures of, like, across the season, I see him doing a lot of interaction with guys. And he did a lot, actually, with with uh, Gary Payton too, back when he was still on the team, like they they had a lot of interaction as well. So I, yeah, Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I think that's a, um, I think that is a really good suggestion. You know, going back to his time with Baji too. You know, you know, he probably was really helpful to Baji, who is you know new to the area, new to the NBA, and just trying to get his feet under him. The next one, again, he's in the mix for just about everything. Trendon Watford. You just see Trendon with everyone. He, two years in a row, took on a leadership position that was outside of what anybody expected of him as the team tanked on down the stretch. Trendon Watford took the reins, and I think he deserves recognition for that. Yeah, totally agree. He's... He's like really blossomed right before our eyes. Like we've had two really like the worst seasons that we've had as Blazer fans in most recent years. Like Trendon has had really great years with mm-hmm. us. Remember, like part of the season he wasn't playing. Like yeah. was, when they were good, he wasn't playing. And I was like, okay, I guess we have to accept this. You know, Trendon really was brought onto the team to be a bench player, a you know, a deep bench player. I would hope that after what he's shown for the last couple of years, I hope he's not like an end of the bench player once they have the full squad up and running. Cause I think Trendon has some valuable skills that not everybody has, you know, he is sort of that dream on light, you know, he, yeah, he's a table setter. Yeah. He's not the strongest defender, but um, I, I just, I think he's a, excellent he's i think he's an excellent communicator on defense so even if he can't physically do all the things that like somebody like Draymond can do he can really bring awareness that the team needs to get better on defense i don't know why i'm saying this because they're still not good on defense but <laughs> it's not because trendon isn't trying <laughs> he felt like he felt like found money when justice winslow went down and they were like crap who's gonna mm-hmm. fill this role for justice winslow and it turned out trendon filled it a lot better than i think anyone thought he would mm-hmm. He was like, he he really was able to play that role in like 95% of the way that they wanted Justice to play it, although maybe not to the same like ceiling, 
but like he was brand new to it and he did it quite well and i was really like amazed at how well he 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 fit into that and he got better at it throughout the season as he got more opportunities to play Mm -hmm. and you called him a table setter you know he so as far as like that mentor goes like he's it just seems like he's always present for everybody else and Mm -hmm. demonstrating how you can do things for others you know as part of how you play it's always about everybody else and i just think that it really shines through in like when he's on the bench when he's playing when he's in the airplane sitting next to damian lillard but also you know next to i can't remember who he's sitting next to in in that video but like he he kind of goes between the really young guys and being there for them and then also like being that ride or die guy for some of the veterans as well Mm -hmm. totally agree we love trending (laughs) okay the next nominee for most valuable mentor is dame of course it's dame yeah um and one of the things that remains to me like impressive about dame is like even when the season is lost even when they've decided to pack it in dame still sits on that bench and he still talks to his guys He's still in everybody's ear. It doesn't matter, like, whether you're, like, brand new to a team or not. Like, he was there to to help guys understand what's going on on the floor and how to how to learn from the experience. Um, and I love that about him. And I don't think it was this season. I think it was last season where he talked about staying engaged with the team. Um, and he said something about, like, you know, these new guys, like, this is their dream too you know like and he's there to help guys achieve their dream even if we're not gonna be in the playoffs this season um and for like a superstar that's like not a given Mm -hmm. and i bet he's super really good behind the scenes in terms of just like how do you cope with the nba well he started a whole program right (laughs) the the formula zero like he started a whole thing to like get young people through the whole pipeline you know whether or not they stop being elite high school college or make it all the way to the professional leagues like he's created a whole program for that so damian lillard most valuable mentor the last nominee most valuable mentor is nasir little we talked about this a bunch at the beginning of the season as far as we could tell he actually had two rookies he was a vet to two different rookies um to both Shaden and um jabari and rachel also a listener rachel also suggested nasir and i just think you could just really see the care that uh nasir had for those younger players and how much he loved uh you know with the hugs and the congratulations and the cheering for them i i think you could just really it was visible how much um those younger players and being their vet meant to him yeah it's interesting. I so I for a while we were, you know, at the beginning we were like, why does Nas have two rookies and Anthony has zero? And one of the things that is just very obvious to me about Nas is he loves having rookies. Mm-hmm. He like, you know, he loved having them. Like that was that felt like a really like big source of joy for him mm-hmm. to have two rookies. And like, you know, Ant's a little bit more like introverted and like I think just sort of um he's just quieter. And I don't know if that's where like Ant's joy comes from. And so if that's where Nas's joy comes from and it's not where Ant's comes from, I'm like super happy for Nas to have two rookies if that brings him more joy in his life and his role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very fun to watch. Okay, so rapid for so most valuable mentor, Jeremy Grant, Trendon Watford, Damian Lillard, and Nasir Little. Good group. All great mentors. Okay, our last category bench celebrator man of the year possibly the most important category i don't know um we came up with three nominees it is so hard <laughs> to do bench celebrator man of the year we so i've been watching the playoffs the the playoffs that i've watched i've watched from the um nba league pass app and they have a stream that is something you can watch called mosaic where they have four different cameras and there's no, you know, narration. One of those cameras I would like to request should be on the bench at all times. So (laughs) people can just watch the benches because there are important awards to be won. If you're a good bench celebrator, right? Exactly. And like basically the NBA is not doing their part in this. So I would like to suggest that they have a camera on the bench. Please and thank you. Exactly. 
Um, okay, so the first one uh, was nominated by Jason, but honestly, it was my nominate no nomination too. Is Drew Eubanks, and we've talked about Drew a couple of times on this podcast. Drew, and actually, this and this is something that I saw when I looked at back at him when he was playing with the Spurs too. He is an exuberant bench celebrator. The man acts like he's he's seen a ghost every time. And I love it so much. Obviously, different kinds of ghosts. Some of them are scary. Some of them are exciting. Some of them are just, like, probably gruesome. But, like, he, he sees ghosts. And <laughs> I love that about his bench celebrations because he's tall. Being a tall bench celebrator, I think, counts for a lot because you're just big and you, like, force people to see you. Um, but he was always up, mm -hmm. always up out of his seat, seeing ghosts. Yeah. And if he hadn't been forced to be a starter and play so many minutes, we could have had even more Drew Eubanks. We were That's robbed. Right. We were robbed. <laughs> maybe next year. Maybe, yes. maybe next year. A second nominee for bench celebrator is Jabari Walker. I think it's usually pretty natural for the younger guys to be in the mix for this. So not a surprise for a rookie to be nominated for an award like this, because, you know, typically they spend a lot of time on the bench when you would see Drew right behind him, right beside him, you'd see Jabari and Jabari did have like a really great uh, photo taken of him doing the shrug. So I mm -hmm. think when you have like as a rookie, like sort of an iconic moment on the bench, you know, I think great start to his bench celebrator career and definitely worthy of recognition. Yeah. Also, like the iconic shrug. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is like is like, I mean, that'll be like a picture that we pull out for years. Right. And he's a it's rookie a and he already has yes. an iconic shrug. He already has like a, an iconic celebrator. Yes. It's a classic. It's already a classic. Like, yeah. Put it in the Hall of Fame, print it and put it in that hallway where the guys walk down every day. Like, that's one. The shrug. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's like the scream. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the last one we have is Trendon Watford. And we I think we talk about him a lot. I know. He really is like the unsung hero of the awards this year. Um, or maybe he will be sung. I don't know. He, we haven't given any awards out yet. Uh, but Trendon Watford, the great thing about Trendon is like we said that goes with his his mentorship and his best friends with everybody. He's just there for guys. Mm -hmm. That is a supportive teammate. He really is there. He shows up for guys. He shows up for guys in the game, on the bench, off the court. Like he's just. I don't know. Trendon's a great teammate. I, and just like Jabari, he was always right next to or right behind Drew. Like Drew rushes out onto the court and you got Jabari and Trendon right there. Yeah, that's right. And because they were often on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> as a little group. I that's think Keon true. actually would be in that group sometimes too. Like every now and then I would see Keon, like who looked like he wasn't necessarily like emotional, just like shake a towel really mm -hmm. aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe like if, if he just caught a fish. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's thinking about fishing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> really funny but yeah those guys are always like there to like to to show up and also one of my favorite this is not really bench celebration i guess it's just sort of celebration in general um but there's like a there was like a moment where dame shot the ball from just over like the um over the the half court line and trendon is in the like the foreground of the frame he's already celebrating and the ball just left dame's fingers like that man believes in his teammates he's like that's good i know it's good even though it's literally just coming off his fingertips in the photo and he's already celebrating and like like backpedaling like he's going down to mm -hmm. the other end of the floor <laughs> yeah no trendon is elite at just celebrator man yeah, you know what I mean. Like the the one where he threw the lob to Shaden, and oh. Trendon himself has jumped up so high that he's almost down. And Trendon is not a high jumper. Yeah, that was. Gosh, great. that's also an iconic photo. Like he also has a classic. Yeah, that's a classic photo. That's like that's like the Dwayne Wade Lebron photo, but like yeah. for Blazer fans. Yes, but for the for purposes of this award, it's technically not a bench salt raider. It's yeah, I guess that's celebrator. True. So we that's have to like cool our jets a little bit on that one um so okay bench celebrator nominees drew jabari and trendon 
we've done it. We've gone through all six award uh, nominees. We will have them listed in the notes. And then we will also soon, I'm not going to promise today, um, but soon we will put up on what social media the different nominees and a poll so y'all can vote for them we'll leave them open for a while to give you plenty of time to vote if you vote please also share with your friends we want to get as many votes as we possibly can to find out who's going to win these awards this year and you had the suggestion and i think it is great we have to see if we can do it which is that we should actually send them into the team and let them know let them know yeah print them up let them know what they won I mean, it's pretty obvious that they already know, right? I, obviously, they're all trying to be social media player of the week or, you know, best successorizers. I'm sure somebody has attuned them to them and they're they're just like, oh, I really want a what award. Maybe that's what Trendon's been doing. Trendon's, oh, my God. Trendon's been gunning for a what award. That's totally what he's been doing. I am I am convinced that he is out here. He's like, I'm going to sweep the awards. Thank you for listening, screw, Trendon. Screw the ESPYs. I'm here for the Blazer What Awards. <laughs> You know, it's a stepping stone. You go, you, your, your summer league championship MVP, what award? Sixth man of the year, MVP. Yeah, that's right. That's the, the progression. natural progression. <laughs> that's the progression. That's it. Nailed it. I'm so happy that we could be a part of it. <laughs> oh, this is really fun, Rose. It's great to like get back into talking about the Blazers with you. For folks who are listening, you probably noticed it's been a couple of weeks. It's the off season. We're going to do this every couple of weeks. We got other things going on and we, but we've got plenty of ideas for things to do over the summer. We're just not going to be doing them as regularly as we do them during the regular season. Share ideas. If there's something you want us to talk about, or if you want to hear about it, let us know. We'll take a look and see if we can do it. Before we get out of here, Tara, I got to ask you, it's the end of April. What's your take? Knicks are going to make it to the Eastern conference finals. Oh my God. Because they have Josh Hart. This is Josh Hart. This is Josh Hart's first playoff. Oh my God. Yeah. So like Thursday night, Tyler and I were like bottling kombucha because because oh my God, that is like the (laughs) most Portland sentence ever. I know. Well, he doesn't even drink it, but he makes it for me. So he he brews me kombucha and then we flavor it together, like after Audrey goes to bed one night. (laughs) Anyways, we were like, we were we were brewing, we were bottling kombucha. And drinking. And at like 1 a.m. while I'm bottling kombucha and drinking with my husband, I was like, I was like, I want I want Josh Hart to win an NBA championship with his best friend, Jalen Brunson. And then I decided to get on Twitter and declare that. And I spelled everything right, even though I had been drinking. And, you know, so I just I put it out there. I'm with you. I hope that they make it. I hope they win the whole thing. Honestly, if Sacramento's not going to win it, I want the New York Knicks to win it. Everybody else that's left is boring and has already won a bunch of whatever. Like, I'm totally there with you. That's not my take, though. This take I've been thinking about for a while, and I haven't had the guts to say it. I know. I see your eyes like it really big. What is it? What is it? I'm on pins and needles. Okay. My take is that we need to have we need to organize a giant, a like a giant uh blazer trip to summer league. We need to like pack it with mm-hmm. blazer fans and treat it like like treat it like it like we're going to like the playoffs. Like we're defending a championship. Yes. Like that's <laughs> what we need to do. Like Cause like people go now and some really people like go like they, they do it like every, you know, every year people go now and it's becoming more and more popular, but people don't treat it the same as like going to a game. Mm -hmm. They don't rock their like awesome, like, like their gear and they don't bring signs and they don't like scream like that. Like we need to treat it like we are fans that got lost from a playoff game and we're there at summer league (laughs) and got dropped in the middle of summer league. (laughs) Yes. So I have to say the reason that the Sacramento Kings are so high up there in my, you know, favorites besides the Blazers is because one year when I was at Summer League, I sat behind the Kings fans and there was an entire family, mom, dad, maybe three, two or three kids, head to toe, 
head to toe in King's gear. And there was a little kid in front of me, maybe like 10 years old, who stood up and screamed at the other team, like the, and just like taunted the other team the entire game. And I was like, I love King's fans. This is the best. And then during the, um, uh, during the playoffs, the Kings had a, they showed like a, um, uh, a picture of like a young man standing up and just like taunting somebody on the Warriors. And I was like, I bet that's the same kid. It's like the same right age. Like, obviously I was sitting behind him, so I didn't know what he actually looked like, but like age wise, he seemed like the right age. And I was like, I bet that's that kid, you know, turned into like a teenager who's like refined his skills at summer league (laughs) and is now so excited to have taken him to the actual playoffs. I love that so much. Also, like, I have a kid who just got her first Blazer jersey. Like, we should all bring our kids. Make it, like, here's the great thing about kids is they don't really lie, but they also don't know really the difference between seeing the Blazers play at Summer League and seeing the Blazers play at (laughs) Moda Center. They're just excited to be there. I think we should, like, I really think that we should try to figure out how to get as many Blazer fans there as possible for, like, a single, like, the Mm -hmm. one game so that we can treat those players like we treat our players when they're playing in portland you know what we can also do that with the g league team yes opening night of the g league oh we're gonna pack it yes <laughs> we're gonna we have to pack the whole thing we have to sell it out i sell it out i love it i'm loving where your takes are going this year we're just gonna like we're just gonna double triple and quadruple down on being blazer fans we don't care what the situation is we don't care how competitive they are we don't compare what they're building around damian lillard we are supporters of the team and we will do what we need to do to show up for these guys because they are the team. I'll bring the face paint. I love it. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to We Have a Take. You can find We Have a Take at We Have a Take on Twitter. You can find me at TCB Biggs on Twitter. Rose, tell them where they can find you and let's take us out of here. Uh, you can find me at Rose L. Harding on Twitter. And thank you so much for being here with this uh, us with this week. And please get your votes in. We want to know who are your what award winners this year, because we may or may not print them and send them to the team. Who's to say? We're going to. We're going to. All right. Thanks, everybody. Go Blazers. Go Blazers.